Um, Hi, and I guess welcome to our very first episode of Room 217. It's a show that my new husband and I are doing. We're going to read through Stephen King's published books from start to finish in order of publication. Um, Talk about the book. And then we're going to have little side episodes for each novel, considering the fact that most Stephen King books have either TV show adaptations or movies made or multiple movies made about them. And that one's going to be called Room 237. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> you know the names of our podcast. Um, yeah, to Room 237. I don't know if you are a King fan. I assume that if you're listening to this, you are. Obviously, Room 217 is the scariest room in um, The Shining. But for the movie, they changed it to 237. Who knows why? Baby, I assume we'll find out when we get to The Shining. But that's not where we're at. But that is the name of the podcast. 217 for the book, 237 for the movies. And yeah, I'm Whitney Lamond. I come from radio. I have another podcast called Weird Brunch that you should listen to. That's about weird stuff. I love Stephen King. I've been reading him for a while, but I didn't get into the Stephen King game until, I don't know, probably like my 20s. So yeah, I it's my favorite, but we'll see because we're going to read through all these motherfuckers. Yes just exactly what you said mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm john i'm whitney's new husband as she said <laughs> and uh i do lots of stuff but uh whitney really loves stephen king and uh so we're gonna go on this adventure together and it's gonna be pretty cool i enjoyed you know carrie was the first book obviously and so we started we have begun this journey it's going to be really... I don't think we're ever going to finish. Yeah, I don't this, know if it's possible. We'll probably be 80 years old and still working through these King books. It took a quarantine on the entire world to get you to settle yeah. down enough to read well, the first book. So. I was waiting for the right moment to start this. And I feel <laughs> like if Stephen King would want anyone to start a podcast based off all of his published novels, it would be uh, during a global pandemic. We should be reading The Stand. So I was waiting for something ultimately terrifying to begin. And I did. I timed it out perfect, so I don't know why you're complaining. So you started the pandemic. No. But for our podcast. I am one of the few people benefiting from it, at least temporarily. For now. So, right. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, I am uh, been looking forward to this for a while, so I'm glad that we finally have finished Carrie. Yep. Do you want me to run down the plot of Carrie? Yeah, it's fresher on your mind. I finished the book a month or two ago. Right. And John just recently finished it like yesterday or the day before. Yeah, a couple days ago. You're a little fresher than I am. So go. All right. So now that we've done our pleasantries, we'll recap the plot for those who either have not read the book but are for some reason listening to us. Yeah, spoiler alerts. Yeah, we're going to spoil this whole thing. So if you haven't read the book and you're like, oh, my God, what happens at the end of Carrie? Well, you should turn this off or just leave it on. So yeah, we still get credit for the spin, but just turn the volume down real low. Hmm? 
that's nice of them. All right, here is the plot of Carrie. Carrie is a 16-year-old girl, mm-hmm. and she comes from a very religious uh, family. It really is just her mother, single mom, but her mom is like wacko, crazy religious. And so Carrie is known at school as kind of the weirdo religious girl. She dresses funny. She looks funny. She acts funny. She talks funny. She has funny beliefs. I'll say also contrary to like all of the novel iteration covers and the movies, Carrie is not thin and she's not like the pretty girl who just looks kind of weird. She is overweight but not Pimply, yeah not she's just you know yeah, she's King going through pubes describe man. her as woefully overweight he kind of he kind of just says she has a round face but he does say she's pimply and other things she's not overwhelmingly attractive and she is also not presented in an attractive way because her mother makes her wear like really long dresses and all kinds of other things anyways carrie's an oddball her mother's an oddball everyone in town knows it. this is how she's described in the book she was a chunky girl with pimples on her neck and a back and back and buttocks her wet hair completely without color well anyways not cute carrie (laughs) carrie is not cute at least in the way that her mother allows her to be presented uh so anyways carrie's at school she comes out of the showers all the other girls generally either ignore her or just make fun of her and then on this one particularly unfortunate day, Carrie comes out of the showers and she is bleeding because she has gotten her period. And it is her first period and she has no idea what a period is. She believes she is bleeding to death. And all of the other girls do not sympathize with this at all or, or, or care. They start throwing tampons and napkins at her and telling her to plug it up, plug it up, plug it up. And they're making fun of her. And she is crying because she believes she is dying. Uh, The coach of this gym class, Miss Desjardins. Desjardins. Desjardins, whatever. I in in French. She strolls in and she's like, oh my God, what's happening? She gets mad at everybody. And she's trying to help Carrie. But Carrie is hysterical because, again, she believes she's dying. Uh, Eventually, she calms her down. Carrie goes home. Uh, early in the day and Miss Desjardins goes to talk to the principal and kind of explain everything you know this is what happened with Carrie White and he's like oh yeah I know her mother her mother's a nut just send Carrie home like we just you know we'll just try to penalize the girls that were being mean to her and we'll just take care of it first (laughs) uh Carrie goes home she you know uh still kind of feels like she's dying but has you know slowly started to figure out what the word menstruation means and has had it somewhat explained to her you know so she's calmed down a little bit her mother shows up and is like oh great you're a woman now we better start praying and like getting over this because uh you know you're uh you you're a bad person now she's sinful yeah you're even worse than you were before you know and so the nice I say the nice thing. I say the cool thing, I guess, about a lot of this is that the story is really kind of bare bones. But Stephen does a really cool thing of like adding in all these like newspaper articles and all of these kind of like third party recollections of the thing. So, you know, you automatically get a bunch of stuff where, you know, you 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 see like, you know, people had 
her neighbors had, you know, had seen weird stuff happen. You know, like there was an incident where stones fell from the sky, but only on the White's yard and different things like that. So you get all these kind of like little flashbacks and recollections of things as, you know, the incident that happens with Carrie White kind of just gets built upon and built upon and built upon. But it's an epistolary novel. Right. That's the fancy word for it. Yes. But uh, yeah, so... You know, Carrie has her menstruation, her mother, they pray it away, even though you can't really pray it away. But the girls at school, essentially, that were making fun of her, get given a, kind of an ultimatum, which is you're either going to go to detention for a couple of weeks or you can be suspended and give up your prom tickets. But if you just go to detention and it's going to be gym detention, so they're going to get kind of they're described as being run ragged. But as long as you do the detention, you can still go to prom everything's cool but one girl chris hargison chris is uh an entitled young lady and she's her a fucking straight up bitch <laughs> she's the worst but her father's a lawyer and so she's like screw you guys i don't have to do any of this and uh, as it turns out she does and so she gets suspended and her prom tickets taken away and so chris is kind of the lead bitch and she's in trouble and not good. And then there's another girl who was participating. Her name is Sue. And she feels real bad about it. And she has her uh, boyfriend. Tommy. Tommy. And her and Tommy are likely going to be prom king and queen. And so Sue, you know, uh, is in love with Tommy. But also, like, feels really bad about what she did to Carrie. So she kind of comes up with this scheme that Tommy will take Carrie to prom. And Sue will just skip prom. And uh, that will like make it up for this thing, terrible thing she did to Carrie or whatever. Meanwhile, Chris and her shitty boyfriend, Billy, Billy uh, concoct a plan to kind of ruin Carrie's experience at the prom if she decides to show up, which involves pig blood and pouring it down all upon her and uh, Tommy if they win prom king and queen. And it is sort of rigged. You know, you, there's some text in there where Chris is mm -hmm. like, oh, I've been doing some campaigning and things like that. Meanwhile, to all of this, Sue's plan, Chris's plan, everybody's plan, uh, Carrie, and this really is like, there's a lot of this in the book with her sort of the, the flex. Yeah. Her constantly training, essentially. She's always in her bedroom and she has like kind of this routine where she like lifts stuff all around and then lifts the bed and puts the bed back down and like all of these things. And it's always referred to as her flexing. Right. And there's even a part where she casually mentions like flipping a car over at one point or something. And it's, it's really like her, she's training. Her flexing, though, the reason she's starting to do it so much more is because this telekinetic power that she's getting is like heightened in puberty. And for some reason she didn't hit puberty until 16, which is really late. Right. And now she's able to use something that would just randomly happen to her as a child. She's now able to use this telekinesis and flex and uh, manipulate the things around her. Right. But she's constantly like training and honing it. Yeah, and her mother like, is aware flex. of it and also kind of scared of it because 
of an incident they had when she was younger when that's when she made the stones and mm -hmm. ice and all kinds of stuff and she threw a table through a window like with her mind yeah that's telekinesis kyle um so anyways sue's got her plan to help out carrie even though they're not really friends but she feels guilty chris has her plans to further ruin carrie because she's just a mean person and uh she's also trying to get her dad to sue the school but he gets scared off by the principal in a really great moment where the principal is like, yeah, Come at me, bro. yeah, pretty much. If you do anything, I can get it like dismissed or whatever. And so the, the lawyer guy's like, fine, whatever. And Chris is kind of left to our own devices with her shitty boyfriend, Billy. So anyways, all of this is kind of going along and, you know, Carrie is just trying to learn the flex and and she's making her own dress her mom's right. pissed well, at her well tommy eventually asks yeah. like will you go to prom with me and she's like you're making fun of me and he's like no i'm not this is gonna be great it's gonna be totally cool man and she's like okay Sue fine manipulates tommy into asking carrie to take to go to the prom with her it's somewhat i mean tommy it's also Sue's idea i know but tommy wasn't outwardly opposed he just was like why would why do you want to skip prom this is weird and then sue explains herself and he's like okay well i'll do it for you exactly she manipulates him into doing if, it I, don't, I didn't really think of it as an outward manipulation she no you're wrong okay <laughs> <laughs> okay well, anyways, so, you know, this all goes along and then there's a lot of like, like I said, there's a lot of flashbacks and kind of journal entries and book excerpts from you just kind of like these fictitious books that covered this, the Carrie White incident mm -hmm. or whatever. And, you know, they talk about a lot of things. It's just a lot of kind of, it's really, to me, it was kind of like cool, like sci-fi speculation, you know, like uh, there's a lot of stuff in there about you know, women may have this recessive gene for telekinetic powers and different things like that and all, all these little things. It's actually pretty cool, a cool way to sort of expand on what, again, is a kind of a bare-bones story. But anyways, uh, eventually Carrie has made her dress and she's going to the prom with Tommy and her mother is not particularly happy about it, but there's also nothing she can do about it because now Carrie has gotten to the point where she can like flex and push her out of a room and like slam doors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So fuck her mom. Yeah. She is the worst. So Margaret White is not uh, particularly thrilled about this, but there's not really anything she can do about it because Carrie is again, uh, kind of a force of her own. So the prom comes along. Tommy is a little bit late. Carrie is already assumed that, you know, this is another joke and she's kind of panicking, but he shows up. They hop in the car. They go to the prom. They're having a really lovely time. She's walking around. People she are like. She meets a few of his friends. Right. People aren't. People are like, not hey, being mean to her. What's your dress come from? And she's like, I made it. And they're like, holy cow, you made that? And everyone's like impressed with her. And she has a couple of witty moments. She yeah. even has a couple of mental asides where she's like, oh, I was I actually. Made a joke. I was really funny there. Yeah. And, and she looks pretty, like her complexion is kind right. of like. And it goes. Her fucking period finally broke like a fever and she's just been yeah. right and tommy is he even has some remarks where he's like oh i'm looking at her and she's like a very lovely lady and mm -hmm. he's having a good time everyone's having fun then she getting in his head though it is time to draw for prom king prom queen now there's a whole big scene that happens i say scene i guess it's a scene 
yeah. whole big part in the book where Billy and Chris go to the school and break in and he rigs up this kind of two pail full of frozen pig blood thing. And then he's going to have Chris pull the string on it, you know, so he breaks in and sets all of this up way in advance. And they kind of go through this big rigmarole about how all the lights and the decorations and stuff like it's all like hidden and whatever you know no one can see it in the rafters even though it's there right so time to vote for prom king prom queen votes go around and tommy is like we should vote for ourselves and carrie's like okay and she's having this little devil be damned yeah this little lovely moment and so they do it and they go up and they read it and as it turns out it's a tie so now there's a runoff, and they got to go down between them and another couple. And Carrie, I guess, picks up on the bad vibes already here with this. And she's like, don't vote for us. Like, let's just let this go or whatever. And Tommy's like, no way, whatever. We're going to go for it. He votes for them. They win by one vote. They go onto the stage, and they sit in their thrones and then what's supposed to happen is they're going to like, there's like a, some music that plays and they're going to do the school song. And then when they're in a the school song, they're in a certain spot on the stage. And that is when Chris is supposed to pull the string and her and Billy are hidden. And uh, Chris is all a little nervous at first. And then Billy's like, well, I'm not going to do it for you. So if you want to get it done, you have to get it done on your own. And also, when you do it, we're, we have to run. We have to get out of here because this is like a felony. Mm. And so we're going to have to leave. We're going to have to get in the car. And we're going to have to drive away. And if you lag behind, I will leave you here. He's like real mean to her. He's mean to her the whole time. I know. He's not nice at all. He's a piece of shit. Chris isn't nice either. So, you know, they deserve shit. each other. Anyways, so Chris gets up there. She's a little nervous at first. But then she's like, no, it's fine. And boom, she pulls it. The pails fall. Carrie gets dashed in blood, as does Tommy, but the bucket hits Tommy in the head and knocks him out. And so Tommy is not conscious for the remainder of what comes. Forever. Yeah. Well, he dies eventually, but because the gym is like on fire and all that kind of stuff. Well, let's talk about that. But what comes is absolute destruction by Carrie. She initially runs away. Because everyone's laughing at her. Mm-hmm. And she's no one tries to help her. And as she's running out of the gym, someone trips her. And so she stumbles out of the school, out of the gym, outside. And then while out there, she pretty much is like, actually, Fuck them. you know what? This isn't going to work for me this time. Goes back, slams all the doors shut with her mind. Yep. And her first thing she does is she turns on the sprinklers to ruin. Carrie is outside when this is happening. Yes, Carrie is outside the doors. Mm-hmm. Well, she can. She has to be able. She's to She's looking in. She has to be able to see in right. because if she, as long as she can see it, she can manipulate it in her mind. So she, she's outside the doors and she wants to see everybody's getups all ruined, yeah. all their dresses and all their pretty happy, laughing faces. She wants them all soaked. So she goes in. She sets off the water sprinklers. She, she stays she can, outside. She does not go in. Well, no, she's she's inside the school, but she's outside the doors of the gym. Okay. Yeah, she's not like... She's looking... Okay. Because she talks outside. about like going up to the stairs or something like that. Anyways, 
Carrie is there. She can see inside. She sets off the sprinklers. Everyone is all wet and miserable, and they're trying to get out, but they're all like jammed against the doors because she's holding all the doors shut, and they can't get out. Eventually, the band gear gets wet and sets off. Like, it just shocks everybody. But then she also just, uh, and then that catches the whole thing on stage. So everyone inside is pretty much uh, either (laughs) gets Electrocuted. electrocuted or burns or dies from smoke inhalation. Some people do escape out the back through a fire Mm -hmm. escape. And she's able to mentally feel them leaving. But she literally says, oh, I'll just get them later. Because Carrie is mad. So after she takes care of all these gym kids, Carrie then wanders into the street and she is not done. She then starts pulling down power lines and exploding gas stations and all kinds of stuff. People are like trying to run away and she's like whipping electrical lines into them and they're just frying on the side of the street. And she meanwhile is also projecting out across the town into people's minds that this is Carrie White and she is on a rampage. Mm -hmm. So everyone knows it's her because she's in their head. So she's not just, well, there's a difference. Like telekinesis is in your, is talking to someone through your brain, right? No, that's telepathy. Telekinesis is being able to move objects with your brain. But she projects out to everybody that it's her. So she also has the... So she's got both things going. Yeah, she's tele... tele Tacular. Yeah, she is. <laughs> anyway, so she goes out in the town and pretty much destroys most of the town because mm-hmm. she is pissed. She goes back home and mom. her and her mom have like a whole thing and her mom stabs her with a knife. In the shoulder. In the shoulder. But then she she kills her mom. Um, it makes your heart stop if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. <laughs> Pretty sure she makes her heart stop. I don't know why I just forgot that off the top of my head. But anyways, uh, kills her mom. And then she wanders back into the streets, mm-hmm. continuing to do her thing. And eventually she runs into old Chris and Billy. She kills them. They try to run her over. You're right. Carrie kills her mother by telekinetically slowing her heart to right. a stop. And her mother and her mom is saying the Lord's prayer as she dies. Right. Yeah. Oof. And as that's going along, you kind of also find out that Carrie is a product of marital rape, where her mother yeah. married a man, and I guess they were never going to have sex, and then he got drunk one night and was like, "We're doing it." We're doing it, and she got pregnant and didn't want to be. So, uh, and that's the crazy religious side of it also is that she was so religious. She thought that any, like, even if you're married, you can't have sex. There's no time for sex. It's dirty, dirty, evil, evil. And her breasts are always called the dirty pillows. It's always kind of weird. It's weird how it was like gross and very like, uh, this is what it is. But then also it sort of has these like sort of childlike. Well, it's like. It it reminds me of people Names. who are like homophobic, right. like they're so obsessed with it. Right, and it's, it's weird. It's just counter. It, you just you're just obsessed with sex, but right because it's all you think about. But uh, anyhow, so Carrie goes out. She's stumbling around. She is not in good shape because she has a giant knife in her shoulder. She runs into Chris and Billy. She kills them. 
they're in they're their car. The, the Cavalier. I thought they were yeah, in the bar. Yeah, they're at their bar, but they get in their car and she kills yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. Um, this whole time while she is out in pain and then also still wrecking havoc on people, Sue knows. Sue Snell. Sue Snell knows it's Carrie. And she is also able to pick up that where the projection is coming from. So she is sort of drawn to Carrie. She makes her way to Carrie and uh, eventually gets to her. And her and Carrie share this moment where Carrie sort of projects into her mind and reads Sue's mind and finds out that Sue never actually hated Carrie, that she had sent Tommy to do a good thing Mm -hmm. and go to the dance with her and all this stuff. And that it's kind of weird, but like Sue may not have had any ill will towards Carrie, but she didn't like her. She didn't consider her as a friend. And she sees that in her head, but she also sees the difference between like, you know, maybe we're not friends, but it doesn't mean that you want to hurt me. So Carrie sees that in her mind and then, you know, kind of gives in on her reign of destruction and uh, spends her dying moments calling out for her mama and saying she's sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that. And you get a little bit of stuff afterwards where, well, you know. Sue, Sue was pregnant. Remember? Sue, Sue was, she was like late. And she, as Carrie is dying, like she's with Carrie and feeling all the same things Carrie is. And Carrie is feeling the things that Sue is. And then Carrie actually dies. And Sue, by this point, so Carrie's mind kind of, blinks out sue starts to kind of walk away she's dazed and then she feels carrie kind of actually die and sue like lets out this scream and then all this like blood comes out of her so she like miscarries Hmm. you don't remember that i remember (laughs) i reread the that chapter just to i thought that sue just got her period in the end no, maybe no. i just ran it all together for some reason i don't know but either way it ends sue survives but otherwise over 400 people in the town get killed which is wild carrie goes on a legit rampage and the town's pretty much never the same again after that a lot of people move and um yeah she pretty much destroyed all of the stuff that anyone went to or engaged in because uh, she was pissed off mm-hmm. and um rightfully pissed off <laughs> Um, you know, I don't think there was anything in there where it was like, oh, I can't believe she did that. It was more like, ha, 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 suckers, because yeah. no one was nice to poor Carrie White, and she I made f- them all pay. I mean, I feel bad for Tommy, and really Miss Miss Desjardins. Yeah. Um, even though it's funny, if you're reading, obviously, through the book, um, everybody who encounters Carrie... They feel bad for her, but there's also this like almost animalistic sense of like, oh, this is the weak link. This is the the right. the the pin, the pecking order. She's the bottom of it, and just inherently, you try to weed out this right. person who She's is different, too poor and too weird to help. Almost yeah. like yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Miss Desjardins talks about that when. She was trying to calm her down with, uh, you know, the period stuff. Mm -hmm. And she She pretty much was like, I wanted to shake you so bad. Or, you know, she says in her head that she just wants to shake her. She does slap her in the face. 
Yes. To like get her to. But she also talks more about how she just wanted to shake her and be like, this is a normal thing. Why are you like the way you are? Yep. Which I can't say that I haven't experienced that before Mm. and just been with someone who just won't understand what you're trying to do. Right. But that is, that's essentially the basic plot though. Mm -hmm. You know, like again, uh, like I said earlier, it's fairly bare bones, but the book is really fleshed out by all the little journal entries and third party recollections and all that stuff. So it sounds even more bare bones when you just kind of sum it up. Yeah. But there actually is a pretty good amount there that kind of fleshes it out and makes it seem more like a like well, a really cool story than it's a, fun because you know. it is epistolary, so you hear it from a bunch of different sides. And normally, you know, you have a protagonist and that's what you hear most of is the way the world is through this one person's eyes. But this is like the story of Sue Snell and the story of how the government viewed it and the story of a couple other survivors and what was reported in the news and like all the reactions. I don't know. I just, I really thought it did add a lot more to the story yeah totally because otherwise it's just a mistreated girl who has a special power and she kills everybody yeah (laughs) that's really that's the long story short (laughs) um well so that's the that's our general plot rundown that's kind of what we're working with so what what are some initial thoughts just on the book in general on your end i really enjoyed it i read it real fast i'm not the quickest reader because I kind of read it all aloud in my head. I don't like, I like have voices for people and like to read through very slowly. Um, I really enjoyed it. I like uh, underlined a bunch of shit in my book. I tried to go through and see all the stuff I underlined, but it's just too much. I don't know. How did you like it? I thought it was good. I mean, it it definitely is. Again, I've said it like eight times already, but it is kind of bare bones. There's not. A whole lot there on the main story so i like all the extra things it's kind of cool it makes it feel almost like a research project that somebody kind of summarized mm-hmm. or something um i like that i appreciate that you know it's not just a like uh, a weird thing that happened and it's sort of framed as such she destroyed an entire town and so all of the little things where you know, it's kind of building up and the whole time you're reading it, it's like it's the Carrie White incident. So she killed some kids or something. Mm-hmm. OK, or and her mom or whatever, you know, you kind of know the basic stuff from the movie or whatever. But <laughs> she destroys she kills over 400 people and she destroys everything. So when it finally gets to that point, the payoff is pretty great. And then you it's hard to not sympathize with her and her sort of endless frustration of. You know, kind of like you said, where no one really wants to take care of her or do all these things for her because it just requires so much effort. But maybe it never really would have required that much effort. Like Tommy just gives her a little bit of attention and a little bit of care. And it changes her whole life for just that one little moment. And the byproduct of everyone not willing to spend any time on her is destruction. I was reading... I kind of got sidetracked in my research about the book, but I was reading about people who have been bullied and how the difference for some women who were like reading this book at like puberty age, the difference was that they were 
yes, being bullied at school, but home was an outlet for them. Like they could go home and know they were safe. And the difference is that Carrie was being bullied at school and she could not like her house was just as fucking bad. So she yeah. had nowhere to go. And her mom bullied her also. Yeah. Through uh, religion, but still definitely yeah, bullied her. There was nothing she couldn't get away. And I mean, I was with you for <laughs> I was with her for a little bit of it. Like but Carrie, you mean? Yeah. And it's you're with her through all of it, and then it's when she's at school. And she does like it's like, cool, lock them all in there, ruin their prom dresses, do that whole thing. But maybe, you maybe know, don't like maybe don't all. electrocute <laughs> them all on purpose. And I know, obviously, that's the point. She fucking loses her shit as she. Well, I don't want to say it's justified. The, the but... band gear gets wet. And the people accidentally step into the puddle and it electrocutes them. But after she sees it, she's like... She's like, I'm okay with this. You know what? This doesn't bother me. Good idea. I think... I like... I like that Stephen King's first published book is... All of the main characters almost are women. Like, it's Carrie, Carrie's mom, Sue, and Chris... And to a lesser extent, Miss Desjardins. But mm. it's mostly women. And um, well, I saw that he had written wrote. Mm-hmm. That's a that's why we're reading books instead yes, of writing yes, them on yes. our own. I saw that he had written a lot of short stories, and they were all very male heavy. So this was somewhat of a response to people saying he couldn't write women. Okay. And as it turns out. He couldn't because he threw it away, and his wife and was his like, wife was "I like, will help I'll tell you, you, yeah, write this." That's one know. of the things that I read a lot was that. So Stephen King has been married to his wife Tabitha, who he calls Tabby. Tammy. Um, they've been married for ever. Um, I don't know how many years exactly, but this book was written in well, nineteen seventy-three, and they're still married today. And they were married before. And they were married before then. So Tabby, that's over by my math, two hundred years. Yeah, I think you're right. I am. Um, Tabby Stephen King had written three pages of this idea, and she found the pages in the trash with like a bunch of fucking cigarette ashes on them, and she pulled them out. And he got, he was teaching at the time and he got home and she was like, I think you have something here. And he was like, I don't know. And do you even like remember being a girl and how it was back then? And she was like, fuck yeah, I do. I remember Mm -hmm. the bitches who did shit to me. Yes, let's do this. So she helped him a lot with this novel. Yeah. It's good though. I liked it. I, I would recommend it. It's a quick read. It's entertaining. It's got some cool stuff. Or at least in the end, when you just want to see a 16-year-old girl heavy in her menstruation, just (laughs) eliminate an entire town, then... That is one thing, though. I have to... I mean, maybe you've had backed-up periods. She's not on her period when she just kills everybody. I just... The way there's... I was looking at this fucking quote where it's like... Some women just, I, oh yeah, here, wait. I wrote what the fuck above it. <laughs> um, that, it, okay, so here we go. The whole thing just made me want to take the girl and shake her. This right. is Miss Desjardins. 
maybe there's some kind of instinct about menstruation that makes <laughs> women want to snarl. I don't know. I keep seeing Sue Snell and the way she looked, which I I just I don't know. I don't think the fact that women being on their periods means that they're like fucking crazy. I think, yes, sometimes there is some period stuff leading up to being on your period, but not necessarily when you're on it. I don't know if I would take it that literal. And uh, the so one of Stephen King's, I think, favorite things is that mob mentality. women on periods? No. (laughs) The mob mentality, like the general feeling is such a powerful force in I think every single Stephen King novel I've read maybe not The Shining because it's only three people other than if you count all the dead ghosts and stuff but like it's just like you know at the beginning when Sue is like why am I feeling like joining in with these evil girls this is not me but she does it anyways it's the mob mentality, I feel like, plays a big role in all of the stuff that happens to Carrie. And I wonder if maybe she was even I mean, telekinetically everyone... bringing it on herself almost. Nah, I don't yeah. think so. She wanted, she she was so happy at the prom. Everything was going exactly how she dreamed it would go. And then Chris and Billy ruined it. That's true. But that flared up inside her. Like... If she had been trying to make other people feel her goodness, I think she did with Tommy. And Tommy and his friends were like, hey, this girl, this girl's pretty chill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think she brought I don't think she brought the pig blood down upon her. No, that's not. No, I don't think that. I mean, it was just in her the, continued in the locker room when she's having her period, when she's freaking out. I think she's emitting something that is making the women Come to her and freak out. I think it's just people, kids are mean. I think that's what it is. Kids are mean. Blood in the water. And if you're different, they're even meaner. And she was different as could be. And they tortured her as much as they could. And in the end, she made them pay. I think that's my favorite part of the book. Everyone's upums come? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't skimp on a totally murderous rampage ending. Like, I realized that she'd kill a lot of people in there, but I forget the exact figures of high schoolers. 479? It's 400 plus people that she kills overall, but there's yeah. something like 78 like graduating seniors that she murders Yeah, uh, just because she was tired of their shit. Uh, so I like that. I like that's my favorite part. So I like that. You is, like that all those assholes died. I like that in the end. But they weren't all assholes. Poor little Carrie just said, you know what? If I can't have anything, no one can. And she just wrecked shop. I yeah. I am glad Tommy was passed out for it. Poor guy. I just he seems just kinda like a sweet Even kind if of Tommy jock dummy. Had been awake, she would have killed him. She doesn't realize until she reads Snoo's Snoo's mind that Sue didn't mean her any harm and that it wasn't a joke. It just went horribly wrong. Um, So she probably would have just killed Tommy because she 
she didn't care at that point. Um, in the end part of the book, I think this is the last account of it. Um, but it says Chamberlain stands at 409 dead with 49 still listed as missing. So she killed a good amount. I would say that's a pretty hefty amount of people. Yeah. Um, well, let's So my see. favorite part is the utter destruction. What What's your favorite part? Um, Highlight of the book for you. I think probably just that Carrie finds out she has powers. I think that's fucking cool. Like there are so many girls out there. Well, like literally the entire planet girls out there who are in shitty situations like that and can't do anything about it. Mm. Um, the fact that one day her utter unhappiness turns into something scary, but useful is a cool idea. Right. Yeah. I like all the little insertions of the word flex flex whenever she is thinking something or her mom's nagging her or whatever in the room and she doesn't want her it's like flex and she pushes her out or because who wouldn't want those powers i mean ultimately it'd be scary to have them but scary scary white carietta her full name i know and her mother margaret bad badly named people hey I kind of like Carrietta, huh. and I know plenty of people named Margaret. Great. One. Well, they're not listening to the show anymore, so they, they tuned out <laughs> already. They closed it. What was your favorite character? Uh, that's hard. Everyone kind of has their bad sides. I, mean, I like the principal. Yeah, the principal is cool. He's so minor, though. Yeah, but he has that one scene where he tells off the lawyer, and I, I really like you him. You just want a story about the principal? Yeah, I like him. Giving it to the man. I like the principal. I thought he was cool. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know if I can say Carrie's my favorite. She's kind of unlikable. She is. Um, I like Sue to an extent. I don't know. I guess I kind of empathize with the way she's like, am I doing this because I want to help Carrie or is it just to like make myself feel better? Which well, both. Yeah. See, but I think ulti- what it really is, is that she's trying to make herself feel better about Carrie. What's and the not- principal's name? Is it Henry? Uh, I don't know. I think it's Henry. I can't remember. Well, his scene where he tells off the lawyer is really Chris it's, it's really Parkinson's great. Parkinson's dad. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is pretty good. I liked it too because it's one of the times where someone defends Carrie without really her knowing. knowing. Like there are people in the world that are are looking out not just necessarily for her, but just for people who aren't as fortunate. Mm-hmm. So he's just a good person and sort of this sea of right. generally teens and crazy moms. So yeah. where he could easily it. be a guy who's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And like, he doesn't do that. I, I really enjoyed that character, even though he is really minor and he doesn't even appear in the end of the book when, when everybody's dead. <laughs> yeah. Or like, he doesn't have his own part. He right. doesn't die in 
the massacre. It does doesn't he? say he does, but I mean, was I don't think he was there. It wouldn't surprise I know Ms. me. Desjardins was. Yeah, so it doesn't really say. <laughs> I love that we can hear you pouring wine. Uh, so he's one of my favorite characters. I agree. It's hard to actually like Carrie. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike her, but she's just so tortured and sad. And then some of the stuff too, that classic teen self-infliction type stuff where she's like, if I wouldn't eat chocolate or if I wouldn't eat because I'm sad, I wouldn't have pimples. I wouldn't be bigger. Like, so she sort of has these self-torturous things and she's so religious and I mean she's quick to she's quick to blame other people for stuff and you know she doesn't have a lot of uh pull herself up by her own bootstraps type mentality at all she's just until she kills everybody yeah she's just always immediately like you did this to me this is your fault you know I know Mm, she blames herself a fuck ton when you just talked about it she gets her period she blames her mother because her mom didn't tell her. I mean, that's a valid argument. I, I get that, but she brings up the stuff that she could do different, and she's like, meh. Like, she just, just not a lot of uh, self-drive to, to pull herself out of this stuff until she discovers that she has power. It's almost like a shortcut. No, I mean, so this girl has like been her. beaten down so much. She's I already told just... you my favorite part of the book is when she kills everybody (laughs) (laughs) so in the end i'm on her side i'm just saying she's not an overly likable character at the end of the book you're on carrie's side yeah you should just be nice to people i don't know if that's the you should be nice to people and if you don't i think you should if you don't like people people, and you gotta follow the age old keep your mouth shut kill everybody because they weren't nice to you it's a teaching lesson i feel like we've all had this lesson with school shootings and shit like that well i king has looked back on a lot of his books and been like that's no longer appropriate i don't know if this is one of them considering she murders all of her classmates but i'm just saying I I would say that I'm not with Carrie at the end of the book. Okay. I do still feel bad for her. Like, I feel bad for anyone who is having, like, a mental break or obviously has just been fucking tortured their entire lives and goes nuts. But I don't don't condone Carrie's actions. (laughs) I would say that. That's okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying I appreciate the payoff. Uh, ultimately sure, in sure. the end it is a fiction novel right it's ultimately got a good payoff. She in the doesn't. end i appreciate that the payoff is there and all of these people who couldn't show old little carrie white at the time of day all pay for it it's true is it fair probably not she probably could have just killed probably chris not. and billy but she killed everyone yeah and ruined really the the worst part is she ruined that town's economic future. It does not recover. Well, she ruined the no, it doesn't. Everyone's yeah. like, no, nah, we just don't want to live here anymore. Yeah, we're just gonna Bye. go. Everyone's dead. Like Which, the people who run all the spots where the teens go to, they're like, there aren't any teens left, so we're just gonna stay closed. God, it just sounds sad. It sounds like COVID nineteen. Um, yeah, no. I don't know. So, anyways, definitely my favorite character is the principal for his minor part. My least favorite character in the end is is really probably Carrie, even though that's probably an easy way out. I'd actually say it's probably Billy because 
he seemed like a a real dick. I mean, he was abusive. All of, all of his, his inner friends, monologue is just awful. That his his like bully leadership is a reoccurring theme throughout Stephen King's novels. Right. Mm. Just like this fucking mega asshole dude who is weirdly sexually abusive to and he even leads his other friends. Mega asshole he dudes. forces other people to do stuff, even if they are kind of assholes. They're like, hey, Billy, I don't know about this. And he's like, oh, yeah, are you some kind of like, I'm not going to say words because I don't want to say them. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, that is... So is Billy also your least favorite character. Uh, yeah. Right. I feel like he's he stands worse out. than Christine. He stands out as just Is it the worst. Or Christy? I think it's Christine. It's Christine. Yeah, it's Christine. Hargison, Christine. Um, well, yeah, but Chris, Chris sucks. But she's also that jaded, like pretty teen girl who, you know. Uh, I don't imagine her as pretty. I imagine her as kind of like. Is she mm, not one of the people that King describes as having perky breasts? Because it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like Carrie and Sue for sure. Uh, but I want to say Chris is in that. I mean, just because she has perky breasts I don't know. doesn't just, mean she's there's hot. There's three to four awkward breast descriptions <laughs> in this book that come out of nowhere. And it's like she took her shirt off. Her breasts did not move. And it's like, oh, oh uh, yeah. okay. Well, does that matter? Uh, All I could imagine in the end was just Carrie with very firm breasts just destroying everything. Well, maybe it's just that Carrie is 16. She's seeing other 16-year-old boobs, and she's thinking, well, I've only ever seen my mom's boobs, probably, that and they're all saggy and gross. Old Tabby was like, here's how you got to write women. And Stephen was like, all I've got down is just firm breasts. Is that not... <laughs> she's like, go for it. Yeah, you can leave that in. Uh Okay, so Billy is our least favorite character. Yeah. My favorite character for his small part is the the principal. Mm-hmm. You, you said, what were you thinking? My favorite? I mean, I guess it's Sue. Right. Because even in the end, Sue, like with her, my name is Sue Snell is the little book excerpts you get. Right. Um, and some other like interview stuff. But Sue, in the end, it's like she's kind of, she understood what Carrie was doing. And even if she wasn't the greatest in the beginning, she realizes why Carrie was the way she was. Right. And and Carrie spares her, too, in the end. Kind of. I mean, Carrie's dying. Yeah, but she still could have dropped a tree on her or something. All right. So my favorite part is... a. Ultimate destruction with uh, at least a vote in for when the principal tells off Chris's shitty lawyer dad. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite part? I also want to throw in a vote too for when Carrie and Tommy are at the prom and that little blip of yeah, it might be that for your happiness, just where she kind of makes some jokes, right? And his friend who is funny is like, oh yeah, like that inclusion. Right. Is really great. And she gets at least a fleeting sense of normalcy for the first time in her whole life. I like that. I like that. I like Were there any parts you thought were scary? Like legit? I didn't find the book scary. I don't know about scary. Okay. Um, I didn't find it scary at all, really. I found it (laughs) Carrie. In podcast. I... (laughs) 
<laughs> I um I think I also liked the scene. There's a part where Carrie like is a kid ish and she sees the next door neighbor girl and oh, she's yeah. like sunbathing. The devil girl or yeah, whatever but mom Carrie describes her like, as. Carrie kind of like has a little moment with her also and yeah. it's, I like that part. That's right before all the rocks yeah, and ice the rocks and, and everything. Happen. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, I guess there are parts definitely parts where I was very nervous. Sure. And yeah, just it, like anxious yeah, there's so some, much. There's some more kind of anxiety riddled stuff in there than just straight out like, oh my God, uh, scary. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not a scary book. Uh it's a you rampage. Know. When it comes down to all of these people dying, did you have a favorite death? Oh. Just the ultimate moment of like, ooh. There's a part where um, I'm pretty sure it's Sue sees a bunch of people just get fried by electrical wires. Yeah, and they just like purposefully walk into them, basically. Like they can't get away. Yeah, they don't know how to get away because they're just flopping everywhere. So people just running into these electrical wires and just burning up. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed her description of these people frying. I wish we would have had a better description of Christine and Billy dying. Yeah, that part is very quick. It is. And I wanted to like... Uh, have them fucking die because both yeah. of them deserved it. They really both deserved a horrible, horrible death and really yeah. just kind of die almost in passing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen... I'm glad she killed her mom. I was happy with that. Right. Only on a Stephen King podcast can you say, I'm glad she killed her mom. <laughs> <laughs> her mom was a piece of shit. Right. Is there anything that you feel like didn't make a lot of sense? I feel like for most part, for the most part, he, he King ties together the the book pretty well. There's not, I think, some of the stuff that I enjoyed, um, like the little asides about women having this recessive telekinetic gene, and apparently he saw that in like a magazine somewhere and mm-hmm. thought that was interesting, so he incorporated it into the book. There's stuff like that that I don't think really makes any sense in the grand scheme of the book other than it's just some of these little speculative things that kind of flesh it out a little bit and make it a little more interesting but i don't know if those things really make any sense overall to the plot or anything they're never further explored they're only mentioned like once or twice and some of the stuff like that i was kind of like well okay i mean the book doesn't really leave a lot of room for fluff or anything extra but that's that what i'm doesn't saying is that some of the stuff that is in there that it adds to the fluff it's just so quickly mentioned that i'm not sure it really makes any sense or matters at all but it would have been cool to know more about her grandma with her telekinetic stuff right i don't know that's just i wonder if it it would be cool if at some point he did almost like a World War Z version, but of like with telekinetics, you know, all these little mm-hmm. asides of terrible things that happen. The little at girls some point. in the future, but and then, then that's a thing too, because at the end of the novel, um, it ends with I think a woman mailing something about her yeah. daughters 
telekinetic powers yeah, that moving she, like marbles yeah or something. thinks is something and it's like well what could a brain like that do raised in a healthy environment like that could be carry to the rage no it'd be like carry to helping out america <laughs> probably not as interesting right but um yeah she'd be like a fucking superhero right excuse me so anything outside of you know I don't. I think we both agree. There's not a lot there that doesn't make sense. Even stuff that maybe is a little shallow. But was there anything you didn't like? Um, I mean, it all comes down to that mob mentality thing that I mentioned before. I like to think that if something like that was happening in front of me now, or like in front of a bunch of girls now, where in the year 2020. People are more aware of um, mental problems and disability and shit like that. And I like to think that a group of girls, somebody would step up to defend someone, particularly in the locker room scene. Um, mm. I I don't know. Kids are mean. Kids have always they been mean. mean. Kids will always be mean. But I, like, I, I feel like I've seen examples of both growing up and sure i'm not saying there aren't nice people in the world but i think in general kids are mean i don't know i just that mob and yeah 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 i don't know i don't know if there's anything that i disliked like obviously i don't want someone to get the their entire world rocked but right yeah i wanted a i mean we we already mentioned it but i would have liked a better death for billy and old yeah, chris that's true they needed something awful to happen to them um i guess it makes sense for carrie to die in the end but there's a, there's also a part of me that kind of wishes she had somehow yeah like gone into a sewer drain and like <laughs> somehow survived and yes it became a person of the sewer moving things no! up in the real world from below no i like no, this no. this is good no she would have you know ridden it out and emerged and right had a whole normal life. Mm. Yeah. I don't think that's possible though. Yeah. Carrie is, is such a short book. There's hard to really find anything to harp on it. Yeah. You know, or, or go on about it not working. Cause it, it's pretty swift. Carrie yeah. gets wronged. Everyone dies. <laughs> Carrie does not respond. Well, that's pretty much the gist of that book. Um, it's good though. It's a swift read. I, I would, like I said earlier, I would definitely recommend. You know, you can read it over the weekend, easy. Would you read it again? Yeah, I definitely would. Clearly, I missed a couple of things, so probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's things you miss in every book. Yeah, definitely. It was my first Even time movie, reading it. Anything like um, that for sure. I did enjoy it though. Anything else on the book itself? Um, I have some questions for yes, you. Yes, go. Okay. Um, one of them was, would you read it again? And you said yes. Yeah, I would. Um, if Especially you had if I did, to, if it was like a rainy Would you weekend? recommend it to people? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. How young can you go when reading this book? Who do you think it's appropriate for? Teens up. I know it's Do you been, think it's more... It's been banned a lot in schools because people don't believe, believe it's appropriate for teens. But yeah, I think teens could read this. Do you think this. it would help 
teenagers more reading it? I don't know if it would help anybody. Or would it turn them into kind of crazy? I don't know if it helps anybody. <laughs> okay. I mean, in the end, it is a... It's a horror story. I don't yeah, know if it's course. really helping. I don't know. I mean, I don't I know think... if it's helping anybody, but I will think that the more examples you can give people, where you can be like, "Don't mess with it's the weirdo kids. Now. They'll come get you." No, it's important for kids to know that there are other kids out there like them, even if you're crazy, even if you're weird. I think that. I guess so. I mean, obviously, this isn't like the most positive outcome. Right, yeah. But I she mean, kills just 400 plus representation people. is important. Right. If you listen, if you're a child and you're out there right now and you're telepathic slash telekinetic, just don't kill everybody. Good advice. And if anyone makes fun of you because you're on your period, everyone it. gets their period. Everyone poops. Everyone that's, gets their period. That's right. That's just good advice. Um. Okay, so do you think the book holds up today? Yeah, there's nothing in it that really dates it at all. Uh, shitty, See, shitty teen like dudes still want to drive cool cars. I feel like there's a thing where women are really trying to support other women, and I think that's just the positive that, side of you. Are you really under the impression that everyone since you left school is now just nice to each other? I don't know. Bullying gets more headline these days than just about anything else. There are more else. outlets for it now. And people are talking about it more, right. so which it is a good So it still holds thing. up. People are just People awful. talking about it. If Carrie was to be redone now, her horrible menstruation episode would just be on social media. I hope not. You're probably right. But anyways. Yeah, I think it holds up because the basic story is oddball girl gets a moment where someone cares for her and shows her a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and other people just aren't okay with this poor girl being all right and they ruin it and then she you know because it's a horror movie or book so it has that nice twist where she ruins them forever okay so yeah, I think it still holds up because that's still a basic thing these days, right? Like in, in anything, not just school, but you encounter shitty people who just don't seem to want to help. It's like a fucked up Cinderella story. Kind of, right? Like you I just, read, mm-hmm. well, that um, in an interview, Stephen King told somebody that he had intended for Carrie to accidentally leave one of her dancing shoes at the prom. It would have been great. But would have been good. Would have been real end, good. He forgot to put it in, uh, and that's it. Thanks I a love lot, that you can Steven. just. I love it because it's like, oh, I just fucking forgot. Like, yeah, fuck just re- just put it in there. Um, do you or no? Here it is. What would be the theme song for Carrie the book for you? Uh, I didn't start the fire. <laughs> It was always burning since the world's been turning. See, because it's not Carrie's fault. People are just mean and they've always been mean. Okay. Mine. All right. Which uh, is, I'm excited. Well, at I first. I guess it's we didn't start the fire. Yeah, it's but for Carrie, it would be I didn't start the fire. My first thought was um, Ripper to Shreds, <laughs> Blondie. But it's like, she's so cool. Come on, Ripper to Shreds. Probably not. Um, and I know you're not a huge Billie Eilish fan. 
However, the song Bury a Friend is pretty... You think it works? Carrie-esque. And I... So I would choose Bury a Friend as the theme song for Carrie. We didn't start the fire. Mm. Or we could change it to Carrie started the fire. Just but like in the office with Ryan. I mean, she Ryan. inadvertently started the fire. No, she did it on purpose. Okay, well, she did it on purpose. went over. I'm just kidding. All uh, right. is What other questions do you have for me? Is that it? I don't have any other questions. I feel good about it. It's a short book. This is obviously going to be really weird when we get into these 10,000 page ones like the stand or the next one Salem's, Salem's Lot, Lot is going to be real book. long it, Salem's Lot is a lot of people's favorite Stephen King books and hmm. I've done it once and it it didn't crack my like top list so I'm excited to read yeah, me it too. and see me too. what happens do we want to run through a couple of little trivial like tidbits here sure uh, all right, so this book was released on April 5th, 1974. Obviously wrote it in 73. Obviously started to write it, threw it away, because he realized it was going to be longer than a short story, which is what he was trying to sell at the time. Old Tabby. She pulled it out. And was Tabby like, Tab. Hey, you, need to, you actually need to do this. Uh, it was his fourth novel, but first to be published. Uh, it was initially bought by Doubleday Publishing. And King was given a $2,500 advance, which he bought a Ford Pinto with. Hell yeah. He was working at the time as a teacher. Tabby was at working at Dunkin' Donuts, which that sounds like a nice job. <laughs> you uh, can go work at Dunkin' Donuts I when the quarantine is over. No, I don't want to. I'm just saying in the 70s, that sounds, like, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, the book on hardback only sold 13,000 copies, so it didn't really do that well. However... Signet Books came along, bought the rights, the paperback rights for four hundred grand. King got two hundred grand, which in the seventies is like ten billion dollars. And then uh, the copy would go on to sell a million uh, paperback copies over the first year it was out on paperback. And still sells like crazy. Today. Yeah, and it definitely went up every time. There's a movie, mm-hmm. he sells a bunch more copies and stuff like that. But um, yeah, when Doubleday initially bought, you know, the book. And wanted to give King his measly $2,500 advance. Sent him a telegram because he was so poor. He didn't have a phone at the double wide trailer that he and Tabby lived I love in. It. So they had to send him a telegram. Um, yeah. And, you know, kind of really the other thing that I really enjoy is, I guess, in the first draft after Carrie murders everyone in the prom, King actually had her turning into like a giant figure like a 50 foot woman type thing and she shot you know uh, like lightning from her fingertips and she like destroys an airplane flying over and she that's like the original version of the book i guess was she turns into this enormous thing and like kills everybody i prefer the carrie just walking around town yeah it's way more realistic yeah right i mean i'm glad he didn't go and telepathy are too out of this world things but right. being able to change the sh- size of your body is right yeah he didn't she crazy. didn't need to go full monster uh in the end i don't think full manhattan right um yeah so that's i think that's largely our initial room 217 all right 
And our we, at the end of this, I uh, want to keep a, a continuous Stephen King ranker. Now we're only one book in, so so Carrie's number one. So Carrie is number one. First and last. Right. Our next one will be Salem's Lot, obviously, and we'll just get that episode out whenever we finish that mammoth book. But this week sometime, we will churn out Room 237, which is our companion podcast where we'll watch, uh, we'll mainly focus on the 1976 Carrie movie, mm-hmm. Brian De Palma. Um, everyone, Sissy Spacek. Everyone knows that movie. That one's the best adaptation. But we're also going to watch... Carrie 2, The Rage. Woo! We're going to watch the 2002 version of Carrie and the 2013 version of Carrie. With Chloe Moritz. Right. And we'll have some notes on those. Uh, but, you know, generally 237 will be about the Brian De Palma version, which is the best version. Um, How do you know? You haven't watched the 2013 version or I The Rage. Seen, I have seen the 2013 version. It was okay. I feel like I'm going to see I feel I know I've watched Carrie the movie and I feel like I'm going to watch it and be like eh. the one with mm. Sissy Spacek. Like I love Sissy Spacek. Well, I think that but... that one works though because they did a really good job of taking what we described as bare bones in this, which is a girl gets wronged. Girl right, but re- it's realizes all she from has powers, her. girl realizes that you know she has this moment to do something Happy once, it goes wrong, she kills everybody. Like They take out those basic plot points and make the movie out of it, and it works really well. That 70s version is great. All right. Well, we'll see. We will we'll see. We will see. Listen. Okay. What else? What else do we have to, to say here in That's it. our recap That's of it. Carrie? I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I haven't had a Stephen King book that I've read that I haven't enjoyed. Oh, that'll change. No, it won't. I don't think it will. It may not. I don't. I, just I hope it to, doesn't. I just wanted to provide. I don't want to get burned out. A little bit of. Because after this, something. we'll do all the Neil Gaiman books. Do you know how many Stephen King? We were never getting done with this. We're going to be doing all this right. for the rest of our life. Yeah, probably. Lives. Our collective <sighs> life. Yeah. All right. Well, stay safe. Uh, don't go outside. Read Carrie. Read Carrie. Read Carrie real quick and then in jump the in the... In the time of COVID-19 quarantine, Rona, yeah. You life. can read Carrie by like two or yeah, three days. Like for real. And then jump into Salem's Lot. And then when we're done, we'll we'll have all that Seven to discuss. Seven months from now when we're done. <laughs> nope. Two yeah. days. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>